Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. How to obtain victory in dark times. I've got a few things I have to say about this before I just go for it. The ideal is that you experience great spiritual breakthrough also in times that's not dark. But history tells us that we are sinful. And when it is going very good with us, we believe we already have our breakthrough, so don't we? We don't search for it. And then what happens? Our circumstances runs dry like a water that leaks out of a tank, and then we hit that dark spot. We say, Lord, you are on the throne, and I am on the earth. And then we grow spiritually. And then often we come to a place again where it is well with us, like the man that farmed. Jesus told the story and he said, let me build barns and then I will say, listen to the arrogance, to my soul, you are okay. And then Jesus says, but you know what? A dark time can come so quickly. So my title is how to obtain victory in a dark time, but how much wiser are you if you push for the same victory when you are not in a dark time? Just remember that. Is that okay? Does that make sense? That is... I believe, spiritual maturity and wisdom. To be full in a fleshly sense, I've, I've got food in my tummy, I've got a roof over my head, I've got a job, I foresee that there will be food on my table for this month, for this year, maybe for my life, I'm not sure, maybe you have a massive inheritance, just as an example. But maturity would be to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I am bankrupt. That's why I am here. I have nothing. If I don't have you, that's maturity. Now, that being said, let's focus on those dark times because some of you might find yourself there. Some of you might have experienced a breakthrough lately and you're actually in a place where you can breathe. Tap into that dark time. Go there while I'm delivering this message to train yourself up should you revisit that place that you'll be ready. Amen? We're going to... Read out of Revelation, Yaschan. Let's read. Revelation 1 verse 9. Before that, it's just an introduction. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Okay. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. It's almost like when you're worshiping and behind you is Yanda or Germo. It's like a loud voice behind you. <laughs> That's a good thing, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so 
sorry, I, I was distracted for a moment. You see, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and Smyrna and to Pergamum and what that word is, Tyrtira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking. Now he turns around. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. Now, just, you have to imagine that, right? You have to imagine that and allow your brain to break. And his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and hates. Write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this, as for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. That's the end of the first chapter. How to obtain victory in dark times. There's a very important sentence or two in this message in Revelation 1 verse 9 because there's many things that, that's going on in Revelation and go read it for yourself. One of the things is as humans we are so far fallen. There's one place in Revelation where demons torment people and the Spirit of God says if you repent this can go away and they say we won't. It's an indication of our hearts. It's a fascinating book. And if you read it very slowly with a good commentary, it's actually doable. Don't be so afraid of it. But before John gets these amazing revelations, he starts and he says something to us. If we can go to that next slide. He says, I, your brother John, and partner in the tribulation. I'm, I'm, that time the church was persecuted a lot, like today in many other countries. He says, I was on the island called Patmos, okay, on account of the word of God. That's very important before we go on, very important. I was on the island of Patmos on account of the word of God. Patmos was a prison island. And he said, I, I am on Patmos because I love Jesus with everything in my life. We said often in this church, but let your box 
be shaken. There will be times where you will go to Patmos because you were obedient. Let's be mature, church. We don't have fuzzy faith. I was following Jesus. And because of that, I was sent to prison. In the West, we need to get out of our marshmallow thinking because in other places at this moment, Christians are being chased. They know what John is talking about. Before we get to everything he says, we need to know he is in prison. He's exiled. Now let me just talk about Patmos for a while because this is his dark time. And yours, your Patmos might look a little bit different tonight, but let's get some background and then it's going to be very simple tonight. And if you can step into this, I know, I know, I know that God's going to move everyone here tonight one step. Okay, he knows where you are. Don't measure yourself with someone on the stage or honey that's been around you many years. Um, you need to know that God knows how to move you one step from where you are. That's all that's important tonight. Okay, is that okay? Let me tell you what happened to John. He was in the Colosseum, tortured under a guy called Domitian, because he was a Christian. Every other apostle died. They were persecuted. They were crucified upside down, beheaded. It was, it was a rough times to follow God. Back then, if you had Facebook, you don't post, I love Jesus. Okay, you have big problems. <laughs> Location sent. <laughs> they warm up a pot of oil and they throw the Apostle John in it, in the front of a crowd. This is... This is what historians believe happens in the Colosseum. Thousands of spectators that drop him in. They're like, oh, let's, let's show, teach this guy a message. They throw him in the pot, but he doesn't die. That's what happened to the man. Okay, it's almost, you've got that idea of Daniel's three friends. At that moment, what happens, the spectators that was thirsty for blood, many converted to Christianity. It took a Christian to be thrown into a boiling pot. The man in mission said, listen, this guy is something else. Let's get rid of him. Patmos, the island, is like a black hole. You know, people, you know, when you, the mafia says, just make that person disappear. Boom, no court case, no police, no fingerprints, just take care of it, Anu. Then, when Domitian says, take care of it, I have Patmos to puppy. This is what happens here. Just take care of this man. I don't want to see him again. I don't want to torture him. We'll probably waste a lion if we unleash it on this guy, Patmos. Patmos is kind of a barren island. You can actually Google it's part of the the Greece area. And there there was mines there. So these guys were working. At that stage, this man was 90 years old. They didn't have discovery health or momentum or something. When you were sick, it took you a while to recover. You probably didn't have, you know, a strong body. Sent to Patmos. It's a dark place. Exiled away from his brothers. It's a dark time. Now, let, just one or two more things. I want to sit here because it's going to go very fast off of this. Let's understand Patmos a little bit more. At one stage, Patmos was called Litios. Okay, now, don't, don't check out just some history. Some of you love it. Do you remember in Acts chapter 19, 34, there was Christians testifying, and, and then it says, but when they recognized that he was a Jew 
For about two hours they cried, with, they cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of Ephesians. There was a god which they shaped in a, in a, in a way to worship. Okay? A pagan god, his name was Artemis. Now his mother was Lytias. Now the Greeks, remember the whole mythology is Greek mythology. These people were smart. They, they told many stories. This is the story they told one another. That this island of Patmos was a big, bigger piece of land which started to sink. And then their god, Artemis, asked Zeus to help him, and they lifted up the island again, and it was called Lysion, the mother of Artemis, as a sign of honor. And later it became Patmos. So this island resembled the Greco-Roman religion. Artemis is our god. And the place where they send the Christian is to the home turf of their God. And it is the very place which they believe this is the place where we give honor to Artemis. We send our prisoners there where Jesus appears to John. In a dark place, in a dark situation, he meets God and he writes Revelation. God is not limited by man. Let us know that. You may work in a dark office. You may work in a team where you feel, I am in over my head. Maybe you are that person. Maybe you feel, man, I feel like I am that great sinner. Nothing limits God. You need to know it. It doesn't matter where they send you, what the enemy puts in front of you. When God comes, he can open your eyes and he will meet you right where you're at. That's very important. A new kind of low. How do you get breakthrough? When you are in a dark place. I was on the isle called Patmos. Let that forever be a, a sentence in Revelation that you'll remember. On account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Let's go on. What did he do in this dark place? What, where do you go from there? What, what do you do? Do you, do you wonder what's wrong with me? Do, do you give up on life? No, listen up. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I can't drop this mic. It's too expensive. But it should blow your mind. How many times have you heard Hey, buddy, I haven't seen you in church for a while. Are you okay? Yeah. But we are going through a rough time. That's why we're not at church. The, the angels cannot understand. The moment you, you talk rubbish like that, it goes like, okay. And it's not speaking in tongues. It's just uttering nonsense spiritually. I'm in my darkest place. I'm on Patmos. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Pray, sing. Pressing in. And this guy is so clueless, John, because he's a human like you and me, right? He's so clueless. As he presses in, the voice speaks where? Behind him. He's not even looking in the right direction. Here am I on earth. You are in heaven. 
We're all about accuracy, getting right. I'm like that as well. Sometimes I'm a control freak. Here's a point. When it comes down to me in my dark place, I'm probably looking in the, rock, in the wrong place. But let me be in the spirit because when the word speaks, I will hear it if it's there, 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 there. From behind him. I'm not sure how he speaks to you or how he will choose to speak with you. It might be through a scripture you read. It might be through a friend, okay? It might be through your mother-in-law. You never know, amen? <laughs> but he will speak in the dark place. If you open your heart for his spirit, if you think you're going to hear him when you are in a better place, you are speaking spiritual nonsense doesn't make sense yes you're wrong again okay in the dark place you often hear him the best you know because you know that darkness it's like the silence it's it tortures you it's like you and your thoughts it's that place if you consecrate yourself to god and say here am i lord that you hear him you see the light clearer in a dark place So what did he hear? Let's go on. No, let me just say, number one, spiritual victory in dark times. What do you do? So easy. You press into the spirit. And I have to make an excuse. If you are new around church of and and Afrikaans, that, that's a little bit of lingo, right? To press into the spirit. That's something charismatic say. And I'm sorry for that because I have limited space. But what it means, in short, is consecrating yourself to the work of God over and above what your emotions might be saying, pressing into the Spirit. Holy Spirit, here I feel like I want to run. I feel like I need to do this. I don't know where to go. I'm overwhelmed. But here am I on earth, speak. I am yours. What do you do when it's dark? You press into the Spirit. You press into your spirit. Well, into the spirit and open your spirit. When it's a dark time, don't go for the temptation. The reason I am here, we spoke about it last week. The reason I am here is because that person did that and my mom never did that. We're going to look at it in a while. When the spirit speaks, it always takes your heart into the future. I saw the Son of Man. Man, he was glorious. When the enemy tempts you, are always busy in your past. That person should have done that. That I should have, oh, regrets. No, 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 no. Leave blame shifting. Leave the past. When the Spirit speaks, it's going to take you forward. Maybe the only thing you're going to do in the past is repent. Say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. Okay. Scripture says, um, it's not on there, but this idea of opening yourself to the Spirit or pressing in. It says, do not get drunk with wine. That is debauchery. But, but be filled with the Spirit, which means being filled with the Spirit. I, I know it's a God work. I know God moves upon us. But in a way, he, he moves in us to also move towards Him. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. James 4 verse 8. And, and so being filled with the Spirit in one sense is a verb. In one way, tomorrow morning, there's something I can do to position myself to say, Holy Spirit, here am I. And Scripture asks us to press into the Spirit. 
Don't wait for a dark time, but if you are there, you're, you are out of options. <laughs> you stiff-necked people, handling a sieve, Acts 7, 51, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. My prayer is for myself and for you when you hit the dark place that you will not resist the Spirit, but like John, press into the Spirit. Let Him speak to you. Amen? Let's go on. So what did this voice say? Saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. It's interesting. In that moment, the voice, the Holy Spirit that's speaking to John or the son himself, is already speaking about John, speaking to John about his mission. He's at a dark place. He's in Patmos. He says, write and send. You will be asked to serve your way out of a dark place. Know that. Because that's the way you will learn not to blame shift, but to take ownership and to serve others without expecting anything from man. That's not a point. I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm giving that for free. Send it to the churches in Ephesus and all those difficult names. Then I turned to see the voice who was speaking to me. And on turning, listen up, I saw the golden lamb stands. What you need to know here is don't get blown away or worried about everything he sees. But this man, you need to understand, he is being blown away. He is being blown away. And now the Spirit is showing him things that, that blows his mind. In the midst of a lampstand, one like a son of man clothed in a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. Now he explains. The hairs of his head were white like white wool, like snow, his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. People say, my voice is deep. That's something different. Of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. You need to ask yourself at this moment, who is in control? When John finds himself. On Patmos, the one who holds seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun in full strength. And here is the appropriate response. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he touched me. He laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and hands. Now, follow me here for a moment. Two weeks ago at conference, Cornelia Becker spoke, spoke about it and we, we actually aired it here. Isaiah walks into the temple. I want to show you a pattern. Temple were broken. Because a great king, King Hezekiah, sinned greatly by taking the role of a priest. God struck him with leprosy and the temple were broken. Tragic time. He was exiled and for 11 years from being king he lived alone. Almost like on Patmos. 
Everyone is in uproar. What's going on here? Isaiah enters the temple broken. What's going to happen here? And what happens? He sees God enthroned. And he says, His glory fills the temple. And Isaiah says, Lord, I am unclean. Angel touched him. And God starts to restore the kingdom. Upon Isaiah seeing him, I saw God on a throne. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 5 verse 2, we just read it, Lord, my words will be few because you are in heaven and I am on earth. Stephen, the first martyr, speaks the gospel to a crowd in Acts while they're throwing him with stones. What happens? Scripture says, Stephen, full of the Spirit, pressed into it, looked up and what? Saw Jesus in all the glory of God. And listen to his breakthrough. Listen to his breakthrough while they're throwing him. He says, forgive him. In his darkest moments, full of a Spirit, sees God. And the last thing he does is he asks for forgiveness. That's a great breakthrough. John on the Isle of Patmos, sentenced there for sharing the gospel, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And then he saw Jesus. We see that same pattern. Isn't that amazing? He pressed into the spirit, number one. Number two, if you want spiritual victory in dark times, allow the spirit to show you Jesus. And when you see him fall as though dead, worship, I'm undone. Now I know. Now I know. When the Holy Spirit shows us the image of Jesus, he always points to the future. I was dead I sh- and I rose and I am waiting. There will be a day. It always takes us forward. When the enemy is busy with us, always busy in the past. When I was 12, this happened. When I was 14, last year they did. She said, broke up. No, it's time to take ownership of your life. Press into the Spirit. Learn who he is so that you may be used by God and move forward. Does that make sense? I want to say this. Worship, when you worship and you see Jesus in this place of eternity, you know, one day he's coming back for eternities and eternities. We will be with him if you are washed by his blood, which is, of course, a great invitation for everyone here. It reinterprets the landscape. Patmos looks different. The dark time you are in looks different if the Spirit can show you what's going to happen in the future. And, and, and Stephen saw that. That's why he had his body still on earth, but his eyes were lifted. And so while they were killing him, he said, forgive him, and he went to God. I know that's a very fast event, but in a sense, we are transitioning into eternity, right? Another thing that happens is the Spirit then starts to lead the flesh. The Holy Spirit help our emotions, our doubts, and starts to give us hope and joy. 
worship then overshadows grumbling. Woe is me, woe is me. I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm left by the road. No, you're not. You're not. Press into the Spirit. Let Him show you. You are just blind at this moment. I am just blind for many moments until He shows. That's the interesting thing. Confusion turns into ministry. The Holy Spirit steps in. Last thing for tonight. That's the beginning of Revelation. Then, then John goes on to write. This is a big chapter. I am on Patmos. <laughs> Last thing I want to say tonight. Tell of your Patmos so that others may be invited to press into the Spirit and behold Jesus. Tell your testimony that others may also one and two because it's all we have. It's all we have. So I want to say again, in your dark situation, God is ready in your Patmos to plug into you. If you will, open your heart. If you will, open the heart, your heart. I was on Patmos, but on the Lord's day, I pressed into the Spirit. I, I trust the Holy Spirit to work on each heart with this. It's, I've tempted to say more, but it's not for me to take this further. So let's stand up. Just where you are standing, will you just close your eyes and take a breath? Don't worry about the person standing next to you or in front of you. Just press into the Spirit. Only be focused on the everlasting one. We did it the last few weeks and I'm going to facilitate it again tonight. We are not an audience, we're a church which means no one is here to listen. Everyone is here to taste God for themselves. What is your Patmos right now? Maybe for you, you've been struggling with quite a few things. You literally feel like it's your whole life. It breaks my heart to know that that's the truth for some of us, but it gives me joy to know that God knows about that. I hold the keys of death and life. You have not fallen on Patmos because God lost his balance. Lost focus for a moment. No, he knows. This is something we can preach on and testify about. But I cannot press into the spirit for you. That is not possible. A man cannot do that. That's only a work from God. So where you are standing, will you ask the Holy Spirit? Not head prayers, lip prayers. Will you ask the Holy Spirit to help you? Let, let's allow prayers to go up. Lord, help me 
in this area of my life. I ask you to intervene. I ask you, Lord. Ask him. If you cannot ask him, it'll be very hard to move forward in the process. He's leading you. He's showing you the way. He's pointing to the door. He's right here. But he wants you to respond. He wants you to say, Holy Spirit, here am I on earth. Help me. Let your prayer go up in this moment. When God has given grace, don't close your mouth. Then you must feast. Holy Spirit, help me in this area. Help me on my Patmos. Some of you will maybe experience a breakthrough right now in this place, but for some of you it will happen. But let's send that prayer up so long. Ask, Holy Spirit, please show me who Jesus is and what that means for my journey. Show me where I will meet him one day and what it means for my journey now. Show me eternity that I may understand this week what's going on. And then maybe you want to pray and use me, God, as soon as possible. I'm still on Patmos. Use me. Use me to tell a story of the great hope that is starting to rise in me. He loves you so much.